You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. Uh, this is a special podcast broadcast. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined on the line, not by Tom Hiscott, I'm sure he's safe uh, at home and well, but it's the League Chairman, the Western League Chairman, John Paul, has joined me. Uh, John, thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to me. Uh, I, hope, I hope you're keeping well in these, in these difficult times. Very well, Ian. Thank you very much. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad at all. Now, you've been a busy man. I know you're always a busy man, but yesterday there was a meeting with the FA. I'm sure many people in the football family will have will have seen it publicised that the FA wanted to discuss with um, leagues at steps five and six um, the, the return of football. So what, what can you tell us? What did you learn from yesterday's meeting, John? You know, in, in their defence, there's, there's an awful lot of work that's been going on and it echoes a lot of what you know, the league's been discussing in and around the possibilities of start-up dates and such like. I think the government guidelines are pretty much dictating uh, the thinking. Um, that became very apparent yesterday. How they went about it is, is initially the chairman opened the meeting by giving a complete update of regards to where they are at the moment, which covered off um, the statement that five and six... Well, what he said was three to seven, really. There will, there, it's agreed there will be no promotion and relegation. Then there was a little bit more clarity that was added to that, in as much that um, they left the door open for any clubs from steps three or four that had asked for um, relegation, and they were prepared to consider that. Um, that would still mean that any clubs being relegated, for instance, from step four, would not be replaced by a club from step five, having made that statement um, about promotion and relegation. They then went on to the lateral movement, which again, we were of understanding that everything had been aborted, including any lateral movement. This proved not to be the case completely in as much that there was any applicant clubs coming into step six would be given consideration. Now, as we speak, there are only two clubs, and that's, that's up in the Northwestern Counties League, where Bury and the Isle of Man have, have made applications. As a consequence of that, they would then consider a lateral movement. So it really was very much in, in exceptional circumstances. Um, they then went on uh, to talk about the time frames with regards to uh, where they saw um, football in the future subject to start-up. Um, they'd been going through monthly scenarios. Um, the monthly scenarios, which we were presented with, um, slides which showed... That you know, for instance, if, if August was a was a no starter, September was probably the one thing that that did switch everybody on. There was an emphasis, certainly on their part, to focus very much on September as being a possibility. That leads you into believing that that, and, and I think it was pretty much confirmed that. They are working extremely closely with, with the DCMS 
you know, to identify pro sort of protocol and such like with review to actually making things happen. Now, whether they're privy to, you know, further changes in, in government legislation, like the two-metre, one-metre scenario, um, that wasn't said. But they then went on to sort of look at you know, what would happen potentially if it started in October or November. And they went through to January, and January looked to be pretty much in line with they were what they realised they could play really half a season, if you like. Anything after that would lead towards a write-off of probably season 2021. They highlighted um, the loss of £300 million over the next four years. The inevitable thing came out of that was that there was going to be cuts, so the development fund money um, is being cut back. Uh, FA Cup prize money is gone from approximately four million down to two million, and that's the, that's the effect for the leagues at three, four, five, and six, which really takes you out of the first round problem. The FA Vols and FA Trophy money is being cut by six percent. That means ten thousand pounds coming out of prize money from both of those. They then went on to make the point that they were inextricably linked to the alliance, which is one to four. And the reason that that was highlighted was the fact that the alliance has agreed that no football would take place unless there's, there were supporters present. And they wanted to make that point because there may have been an argument, a consensus that said, well, why can't five and six start up? And the, and the view was that, that people that, they found this a bit difficult, to be honest, people that would normally go and watch three and four, in all probability, flood into step six grounds. And therefore, they would be in breach of government regulations. So they made the point that we were all in this together. So therefore, we have to work together and comply with you know, all the directors that were given by the Alliance, which, you know, leads you into thinking that, that possibly when it comes to that, the Alliance are going to be pretty much dictating how anything else should be. So it strikes me, John, that, that there's good news and bad news. There, there seems to be, from the meeting, a general sense of optimism that football should be looking at September as a possible start date, at least, if the government permits. But, but by the sound of it, that there's going to be... F there's going to be more information coming out about the the requirements, the restrictions that may need to be placed upon um, the grassroots game in in order for us to, to go back. I mean, was there any was there any detail from yesterday's meeting? I know people have been talking about face masks and sanitizer and and possible temperature checks, things like that. Was there any detail given about what those restrictions might uh, be from the Department for Culture, Media and Sport? No, there wasn't <coughs> in simple answer. But what, what they intend to do um, over the next two weeks, they are going to issue guidelines. The one thing that, that they did labour was that they would expect every club to provide a risk assessment. They made the point that the leagues would not be necessarily responsible for policing that. 
um, and they didn't want anything going to the leagues to be copied or anything like that, it would be retained by the clubs. One assumes that, that what they would do if they chose to call it in at any given time, then that, that would you know that would be what they would choose to do. But they were quite insistent that a risk assessment. Now that was pretty much the only thing that they they really went towards, and I think the reason for that is because they do intend putting together these guidelines. Um, I sensed all the time, in, or both Andy and myself sensed all the time that they were sort of holding back on. There's changes going on all the time, and I'm not altogether sure where they're privy to probably more information than you know is out in the public domain at mm. the moment. And I think that, that those guidelines are being governed very much about what they're learning on a you know almost on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I know John that you you've spent a lifetime in 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 football administration. You're a very experienced administrator. When it comes to clubs putting together a risk assessment for COVID-19, I mean, is that something that concerns you at all? Do you think our clubs have the capacity to be able to um, to administer that? It's interesting you should ask that, um, because what they did, they, they, they made it clear that they would only... Any questions that were going to be posed had to be posed before this meeting took place. So, you know, they, they, they intended to try and cover everything off as best they could. They allowed every league to ask one question. And, of course, the thing was, when it got round to the risk assessment, the question was asked, do you seriously believe that clubs out there are all, you know, no disrespect, but are they all capable of actually putting together a risk assessment? And what if not, then, if you feel like that, what are you going to do, the FA, what are you going to do to, to help that? So that discussion was quite interesting, really, because they sort of went around, well, yeah, we know what somebody will go and get a risk assessment for somebody else and just copy it over and that'll do. He said, that's not, you know, that can't happen. You have to provide your own risk assessment. So the, the response to that was, well, that's fine. But again, a lot of people are not fully, you know, fully aware of, of what a risk assessment is all about. Well, in the end, they actually agreed that they would send out a template so that, that at least there's some indication as regards to what, you know, what information needs to be consistent. But they... You know, they said they wanted it to happen, and then when they realised that it wasn't as straightforward as perhaps it sounded, they had to sort of backtrack a little bit and, and offer up, you know, some form of help, if you like. So that's what, that's what the plan is there. And I assume that will all come out as part of this, the guidance that they're offering up. Now, now I know, John, that you've been privy to a number of meetings in recent years with the FA. Of course, the last time you and I spoke, it was because the FA were discussing the, uh, the shutdown of, of football, but before then, I know there have been um, d- presentations um, about the restructuring program that the FA have been conducting, and I just wondered whether you felt over the last months the FA have changed their approach or their attitude to talking to the grassroots of the game from from being one that was pretty much top down to start off with to one that perhaps is a little bit more collegiate is that do you feel a greater sense of consultation um maybe the the the, the benefit that the virus brings us as as the football authorities realize that we we really have to work together to overcome these um these problems not um not be dictated to i know what you're referring to ian and i i after yesterday i'm not any more convinced now that that five six and seven has got the platform that it deserves, if I'm honest. I still sense that now there's this, what I turn this breakaway, this alliance 
you know, when you consider, if you look at the alliance and you're talking about National League 1 and 2, unless that's 3 and 4. Well, 3 and 4 I get. I think, I think you know, I can, I can quite understand why that you would alloy that to 5, 6 and 7. But 1 and 2, I just, I just don't get that. And I don't think anybody else does either. I think that's closer to, you know, to professional football than, than you know. At the moment, I wouldn't suggest that there isn't an effort being made by the Leeds committee to give five and six, seven it's an identity. But I haven't, I haven't seen any evidence of that, not as yet. The discussions, in fairness, pretty much everybody out there is accessible and you can, you can pick the phone up and you can... You can have these conversations, but when it comes to representation from leagues, there is no representation from leagues. And I don't I don't really that doesn't make me feel comfortable, to be quite honest, because it's it's totally alien to where we've been at the moment. The way that it operates is there are two meetings or a season, two meetings a season then if you like. And you know, those are those are the only platform that you've got. So when it comes to decision-making, the only influence you can have is picking the phone up and expressing views on behalf of your own league. Um, but you certainly don't you don't get the opportunity to sit around as, as was with, you know, when, when you attend a meeting with, with a room full of, what, 28 leagues, to get a point over then is extremely difficult, especially if other people in that room don't, Necessarily, I mean, who's interested, for instance, if you live in the north, who's interested in what goes on down in the southwest? Sitting in in a, in a meeting and, and trying to have for the corner for you know the Western League, the Southwest Peninsula League, it's extremely difficult with a setup like it is. One of the issues that we've previously discussed around these um, these these issues is the situation for Bitten and the FA Vars, uh, their, their semi-final. Was there any movement, was there any news on whether that game will have a chance of still going ahead? So exactly where we are with it. We, 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 I spoke to the chairman of Bitten before the meeting to find out if he'd heard anything, and he hadn't. So we posed the question prior, um, expecting for it to be covered off. And the only mention was, as I referenced earlier on, was about prize monies with the FA. So yesterday I sent, um, they did give an opportunity for any questions that hadn't been answered at that meeting uh, to be addressed again. So I sent again yesterday on behalf of Bitten to find out exactly where we are with it. So in answer to your question, I'm none the wiser. The last statement that was made, there was every intention to complete all FA competitions. Well, we know where we are with the FA Cup. You know that that's been arranged. So I can only assume that the FA Trophy and the FA Balls will be addressed at some given time. One final question, John. I, obviously, um, as, as I mentioned before, I know you're a very busy man. But um, I mean, is is there any other news um, going on in the Western League at the moment? How different is this for you to any other June? I mean, we lost everything, didn't we? Lost convention. I mean, our annual general meeting would have been held by now. Um, we are actually trying to address that as we speak. Um, we're trying, going to try and do it, you know, um, through conference call and such like. We're trying to get as much of it out of the way. But again, you see, yesterday, you got no constitution to go, you know, to vote on, and, and the likelihood of that appears to be some considerable time away. 
the reason for that is, you see, because they, they insist on issuing all this information to everybody at the same time. I'm pretty confident that our constitution is going to remain as it was last year because that was all the indications that were given. I'm not aware of any applicant clubs looking to come back. So I can only assume that our constitution will be the same. But they won't issue that. They've made that clear that that won't be available for some considerable time. It's the same with the standardised rules. You can't run a competition without all the rules in place. Well, again, that's under discussion because they've made it clear that they will be changing some of those rules. So until there's such time that all comes through, but what, what, what we plan on doing is going ahead with the annual general meeting in the best way possible, and then anything that has to be finalised will just fall under an EGF, you know, extraordinary general meeting. Uh, and again, hopefully we can do that. By con I mean, there is a wish list that says that with a bit of luck, we could all be you know, back in an environment where we can have a meeting. Um, but at the moment, that that is the situation. So in answer to your question, yeah, you know, this would, this would probably be about the one period where the paintbrushes come out and everybody's working on clubs. To their credit, from what I can understand, there's an awful lot of work has been undertaken by an awful lot of clubs. Uh, so there are, I suppose there has, you know, in a funny sort of way, been advantages of to be sort of cleaned out of the time that we've not had any active football. But um... just picking up on one of those points you were making there, um, John, about the about the, the standardised rules coming out from the FA. You mentioned that they're in the process of of looking at some of those. Do you think that the the impact of the virus, looking back on the decisions that were taken around voiding the season and around the debate around points per game, for example, do you think that? That is one of the cause of, of them looking at the rules. Do you think that we will see rules going forward that specifically address the situation we currently find ourselves in? Yeah, I do. I, I, one of the questions that Western Heat posed, going back a bit, and it, it, was, it was Andy who came up with it. The question he posed to the FA is, in the light of everything that's gone on with the coronavirus, will it be your intention to write into the rules you know, in the event of something, heaven forbid, but in the event of something like this happening again, will you make it clear what route you choose to go down? In other words, will it be a points-per-game solution? Or, or, you know, you need to put something in the rules that makes sure that, that this is taken care of rather than having all this speculation. Like, I mean, I, going back to the start of March, it, the decision that we made was pretty straightforward to be quite honest because of the number of games that were left so the point that, that was being made was what are you going to look at are you going to look at if 75% of the games have been played then that would be acceptable or, or you need to put something in the rules so whether that's the consideration that's being given around that I mean what they did do I suppose they had to do it they just now issued to all the leagues all the changes that, that were implemented as a result of the decision they made because it cut across um, the rules and regulations. In other words, they've had to you know, change the rules for one season and then everything will revert back for 21, 2021. 
John, thank you very much for your time. Th thank you for um, being so open um, with, with, with the questions. I, I do appreciate it. And, um, well, hopefully we can, we can be optimistic um, about the future uh, return of, of, um, of football. But it does look really like the, um, the ball is well and truly still in the government's court. You know, to be honest, Ian, when, you know, when we talked about the podcast, it would be lovely to come away from Friday, you know, with something in place realistic. We knew it never happened. Um, and I suppose September, yeah, it's, it's given some optimism, let's say that. <laughs>